Okay, so we're going to start with a sort of a game, maybe, thought process. I don't know how to call it. Um, but we're going to create some word clouds. Um, so what we're going to do is, I've, hopefully you've all managed to connect to the website. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to say a word. And what I would like you to do is reply with the first word that comes into your head. Now, nice and quick, don't think about it. Don't sit there and process the information. It's word association, so it's as quick as you can. So, for example, if I was to say, let me see. See, I can't even remember the words I'm supposed to be saying yeah? No, no. Oh, who's put the first word up? Don't put the first word up. Or is it that automatically comes up? Oh, well. Forget that word. We'll come back to it in a moment. Um, but if, for example, I said egg, whatever the first word that comes into your mind about eggs, bacon. You could have eggs, you could have bacon, you could have chicken, you could have life. Um, if you're sort of a surrealist thinker, you might say piano. I don't know. It's, it's your mind. It's how you think. Okay, so there are no wrong answers. Um, whatever you think of is the correct answer. Um, and also, it's completely anonymous. So don't worry, no one's going to look at your answer and start analysing you or thinking about, oh, that's a bit of a weird one. Nothing like that. It's all completely anonymous, what we're doing this morning. Okay? Oh, who's put up chicken already? Well done. Oh, Mike changed it. Yes. So, so the first word, you've probably already seen it. It's Manchester. So whatever the first thing is that comes into your mind when you think of Manchester. Best city, home. United, I knew United. City, knew that was going to come up. Bees, oh, that's a good one. Football. Uh, people are starting to read other words and linking them now, I think. Um, they're, they're different sizes because more people have picked it. Yeah, so the more people pick a word, the bigger it gets. Rain, yep, of course. 13, 14 people. It's about 20 of us, I think, but let's see if everyone's doing it. Do we think we're, we're about done with Manchester? Anyone that wants to say a word that hasn't yet said a word? Or type a word that hasn't typed a word? Okay, so you get the idea of what we're doing, yeah? All right, that was the nice starter for one. Second question, or second word, church. What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of the church? Wonderful. Look at that. People and family. Starting to get an idea of who we are. First thing that comes to our mind, to people, family, God, worship, prayer, body, fun. Honestly, I would never have thought that would be on the screen. Might say more about me than it does the person who put that. Fellowship, prayer, body, fantastic. Is there anyone else that's putting a word up that hasn't yet? Waiting for it to submit. Okay, so now we're going to go to the, this is our third and final word, and it is, or two words, Holy Spirit, go! Oh, there's a delay. 
power, Trinity helper. Any more for any more? I think some of you are thinking too hard. Okay, so, Holy Spirit. So as we look at this, now I call it a word splurge rather than the word cloud, but I just like that word splurge. But if you look at this, we've got authority, wisdom, peace, fire, comforter, helper, power, mystery, anointing, teacher, confidence, trinity, presence, guide. See, we're all coming from a different place at times when we think about the Holy Spirit. It's not immediately the same same answer. And to be honest, when I was thinking about talking today, that is pretty much my mind. When I came, like I was given the topic Holy Spirit, and I could have done a word cloud with this with about another two or 300 words, I think, of just random things that came into my head when I started thinking about the Holy Spirit. Um, but um, so, this is a nice bit of fun, gives us an idea of where we're at, but what I'd like to start off with is, um, I'm just going to read a quote, and I'm sure some of you will have heard this quote before, um, and it says, um, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Now, I'm sure some of you have heard that quote before, it's an often quoted quote um, by A.W. Tozer from his book, Knowledge of the Holy, um, and there's two reasons why this quote is used so often. Um, the first reason it's quoted is because it's a really good quote. It's a really good insight into the human mind and our relationship with God. Um, the second reason this quote is used so often is because it's on the first page of his book. And people get to the book, they read that quote, and they're like, wow, yeah, that'll do. Got my quote, off we go. But it really is um, a brilliant example of, of our relationship with God and how we think about God. Um, but I'd like to change it this morning, so I'd like to change it to what comes into our minds, what we think about the Holy Spirit is the most important thing about us. Um, because the Holy Spirit is God, so we're not totally changing the context of what's going on, but we're just refining it slightly and applying it to, to ourselves. Um, the, th the thing about how we think about the Holy Spirit and how it affects us is how we view the Holy Spirit and our relationship with the Holy Spirit, it influences every part of our life. It determines how we think about ourselves, whether we think about ourselves positively or negatively. Um, if, you know, if, we, if we're thinking that the Holy Spirit indwells in us, then surely we'll think good thing about ourselves because the Holy Spirit is in us. Um, it thinks about how we look at each other and the church. You know, when we're looking at each other, are we seeing just another person or are we seeing the church? Are we seeing people who have the Holy Spirit in them, have God in them um, as we're, we're meeting up together? Um, it looks at how we look at the world around us, how we're looking at the world. Are we thinking, um, God, you know, what is going on here? What Holy Spirit, where are you in this situation? Um, and... It also, it affects like our jobs. When we're doing our jobs, are we just muddling through our job? Or are we thinking, you know, Holy Spirit, what do I do in this circumstance? Holy Spirit, um, 
you know, what is the right answer to this situation in my job? Um, for me, over the past few weeks, as I've been thinking about all of this, my word that I would have put on, but I didn't because I didn't have my phone, um, is full. So when I think of the Holy Spirit at the moment, I'm thinking full. And I'd love to say that's just like a triumphant statement. I am full. But at the moment, for me, it's been more of a question. It's full. Am I full? Um, am I full of the Spirit? What, what do I think it means to be full of the Spirit? Um, and what does it look like in my life to be full of the Spirit? Um, and then as the last couple of weeks in particular have gone on, as I've, I've been thinking more and more and, and speaking to the Holy Spirit about this, is, is it's become a desire for me. It's been full. I want to be full. I want to be full of the Holy Spirit um, so that I can make a difference in, in the world that's around me. Um, in John 7, 37 to 39, it says, On the last and greatest of days of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not been glorified. You see, fullness in Scripture isn't just the sense of being full. It's a sense of overflowing. Um, last week, I had a lovely time at the Abe's house. Um, went round there, and uh, Graham and Ruth prepared a meal for us. And it was gorgeous. If you ever get invited to the Abe's for a meal, say yes because the food's lovely, and they're not here, so I can't embarrass them at the moment. Um, but at the end of the meal, I was sat at the table, and I was nicely full. I was very content with what I'd eaten. Um, but then I noticed a Yorkshire pudding that hadn't yet been eaten by anyone. I kind of looked around, and does anyone want that Yorkshire pudding? No, great, I'll have the Yorkshire pudding. So I wasn't yet full, because I still had space for a Yorkshire pudding. And then some people started, uh, Graham started clearing up the table a little bit, and he was like, oh, there's some roast potatoes left. Does anybody want some more roast potatoes? And I'm thinking, am I full? No, not quite. Yeah, go on, I'll have the, the roast potatoes. They were nice. So I admittedly had another three roast potatoes. You know, there was, there was still space. And then uh, Graham's still clearing up, and he's like, oh, there's, there's some chicken left. Sort of look round at my wife, check to make sure she didn't want any, you know, make sure she's sorted. Nope, she didn't want any, kids didn't want any, James and Amy didn't want any, great. Bit more chicken, great. Yeah, I'm full now, I'm done. And then pudding came out. And the pudding came out was, I think it was coffee cake, wasn't it? Yeah, there was a coffee cake and there were also some uh, chocolate nests. And I'm looking at these going, am I full? Well, of course, we all know we've got a pudding stomach, so no, I'm not full. So I had a bit, bit of pudding, little nest, and then, again, looking at the coffee cake, thinking, well, go on then. And then I had the coffee cake. And then, honestly, I was full. Because I knew that if I'd eaten any more, it would have become full to overflowing. I'm not going to go into details, but you know what that means. But I was full. And in our lives, that is what the Holy Spirit is. Although, don't think of it as vomit. Full to overflowing. 
That is what we should be looking for in our lives. Um, in the New Testament, we see examples of the disciples going to and from Jesus. Um, he gives them his Holy Spirit, and they go off and do something. Um, so, for example, um, I think it was when they were in Samaria. Um, Jesus sends the disciples out, and they go and do healings, they do miracles, and they pray for people. And then they come back to Jesus. And it's more like they were using Jesus as a well. They were going to Jesus, they were receiving the Spirit, and then they were going out and pouring that out wherever they were going. Um, however, all that changes at Pentecost. Um, in Acts 1.8, Jesus pre-warns them that they're going to receive power. Um, but from the time of the Pentecost, the disciples have more power than they can contain. Um, so it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were together in one place, and suddenly the sound of a mighty rushing wind came from heaven and filled the whole house and they were, where they were sitting. And they saw tongues of flame of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The disciples were literally full to overflowing. They couldn't control what was coming out of them. Um, the words that were tumbling out of their mouths weren't their own, and they were all in different languages. Um, and it was just coming out over and over again. And from that situation, you then have Peter. Um, this is Peter, a man who was so full of fear previously that he couldn't stand up to the interrogation of a servant girl and a couple of local men. You know, it was hardly the Spanish Inquisition coming to him saying, do you know Jesus and him denying it? Um, but now, in verse 14, you've got Peter standing up with boldness and proclaiming the gospel. And because of the, Peter and the disciples being full of the Spirit and being overflowing with the Spirit, 3,000 people believed. Now, when you think of, in that time, there was 12 disciples, 3,000 people believing from their preaching. Um, now, they there's also the 120 other disciples that were around at the time. But when you think of the room here, there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. About 25 of us. So chop down 3,000 into, or 120 down to 25. You're still going to have about what, 750 people saved if we all preached in boldness with full of the Spirit. That's the potential we have as a church to start. Obviously, that then grows because the people that we see saved will then be full of the Spirit and we'll see more people saved. Um, and then throughout the rest of Acts, we see what impact the disciples overflowing with the Spirit has. In Acts 3, verses 4 to 6, Peter and John, full of the Spirit, heal a lame man. They turn up at the, the gates, and there's a man asking them for money, and they're so full of the Spirit, they just say, get up and walk. And he gets up and walk, walks. Um, in Acts 4, verses 32 to 34, is that up on the screen? Do we have that one? I can't remember what I put on there. Um, what you have is a community so full of the Spirit that they were all of one heart and soul and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. And they had everything in common. You know, that selfish nature that we sometimes have as individuals, the Holy Spirit had come through and pushed through that and it meant that there was no one in need in the early church. In Acts 5, the apostles are so full and overflowing of the Holy Spirit that whilst they're out and about healing people, 
there are people who are sick that just try and stand in their shadow so that they can be healed. The Holy Spirit is pouring out of these guys as they're walking around. And just by being in their presence, it's enough to be healed. And then in Acts 6, when the disciples need to choose people to distribute food amongst the widows, they specifically look for men who are full of the Spirit. Now, this is just handing out food to widows. That, that, sh that should be a simple task, but it's something that we need to be so full of that they chose men that were full of the Holy Spirit. And on and on it goes through the New Testament. Healings, miracles, um, times when simple words that you might just be having a conversation and they were seeing people saved and transformed because of everything that they did was touched by the Holy Spirit and was an overflow of the Holy Spirit from their lives. Um, they bring transformative life everywhere they go and hundreds get saved. Um, now, I'd like to do a couple more word clouds together. Um, these are slightly different in that these are actual questions that I, I want to ask. Um, and again, the answers are completely anonymous, so please don't hesitate because of um, the, what the questions are. And also, if you don't have your phone and you, if you've not been doing it, please just think carefully about the answers as well yourselves. So it's, it's a different Slido this time, unfortunately. think we're ready to go so the first question is how full of the Holy Spirit do you feel now again this isn't a yes no answer you can um, write I feel full I don't feel full I don't know what you're talking about you know it, it's where you're at now for yourself oh what's happening Mike oh got you okay I should have paid more attention to the slide that was being made. Okay, so it's a sliding scale of 1 to 10. We're going to say 10's full. I'm at maximum fullness of Holy Spirit. 1. 1, we're going to say, is completely empty. I don't feel like I've got any of the Holy Spirit in me right now. I know I've got the Holy Spirit, but I don't feel like it. If you get what that means. People are still thinking, changing their minds. But again, we can see as a church, we're not all in the same place right now. And that's not a bad thing. Please don't, you know, if you, if you think at the moment you're, that you're number two, that's, that's not a bad thing in the circumstances of what we're talking about right now. Um, and then we've got no one in the church at the moment who over here feels like that when they walk out in the street, people are going to get up and walk just by walking past them. Again, I kind of get that. I wasn't expecting anyone to go for that. Because, um, to be honest, if there was someone like that, you'd be doing this today and not me. Um, so that's where we're at as a church. You know, some of us feel comfortable. We feel like we're in a five sort of position. Some of us are down the lower end of the spectrum and thinking that we're not quite there with the Holy Spirit at the moment. Um, and then, I don't know if you could change this mic, actually. 
What? Okay, I've changed that question. Cool. So, a couple of weeks ago, Rian spoke. Um, sorry, we're doing this on the fly here. Um, Rian spoke, and she was asking, well, what is holding you up? What is getting between you and the spirit at the moment? And remember, we all wrote stuff down, we ripped it up, threw it in the bin. Um, so again, can we change it to a word cloud, or is that too... Okay. So, so for the next question, what I'd like to think about is, what is between you and the Holy Spirit at the moment? What is holding you up from being, from getting to a 10? There we go. What is getting between you and the Holy Spirit? And again, just put whatever answer is coming to your mind. Is it yourself? Is it TV? Is it fear? Is it, you know, anything that you think? Time. It's a great one to start off with. work. Oh, if only we didn't have to work. We'd all be out there healing the sick, preaching the gospel. Should we all quit our jobs? No, no, don't, don't, please. Yeah. Disappointment. Lack of desire, attitude, tiredness. See, when, when I started thinking about this question for myself, the word that I would have put up on there would have been relationship. The Holy Spirit saying, what's getting between you and me is, is our relationship. It's, you know, how much time are you spending with me? How much time are you wanting? You know, do you want to be in a relationship with me? The Holy Spirit was asking me. Um, and again, for each of us, it's something different. It's not like we've all got, you know, 16 answers all saying work or 16 answers all saying time or anything like that. We know we're all in different positions. Um, so what we're going to do now is now that I've given you a chance to think about these things of how full you are and how much what is getting in between you and the Holy Spirit at the moment. I'd like us all to break down into groups um, and I'd like to spend some time praying together. Um, and in that time, what I'd like you to be praying for is for a fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, if you want to tell other people what you think is, you feel is getting in between you and the Holy Spirit, go for it. If you don't, that's fine. You know, the words are on the screen. Um, if you are saying, look, I feel, I feel like I'm one of those people that was at a one and I want to be closer to a 10 or even a 10, then please, can you pray for me for that, for that overflowing of the Holy Spirit, from that filling the Holy Spirit? So, so if we could all just um, get into groups of maybe four or five at most, um, just so that we're not having like a big, a big group together. Thank you. We pray that you'll help us to raise our expectations to see what we see in the Bible as, as a goal, as an aspiration, as, as what, we can achieve with your spirit flowing through us. Um, we pray, Lord, that you will fill us, that you'll 
Help us to spend time with you and just be full of your spirit um, so that we can transform the world around us, so that we're not sitting contented, full, but we're full to overflowing. Full to overflowing where we're taking your spirit into our jobs, into our schools, into our daily lives with our next door neighbours and praying that we will just overflow with your spirit and transform the world around us so that your kingdom will come here on earth. Amen.